Your old pal, the Crypt Keeper. Tonight's tale of terror comes from the Trick or Treaters podcast. Join them as they journey into the horrifying unknown. <laughs> you are listening to the Trick or Treaters podcast, part of the Slash and Cast Podcast Network. Movie reviews, horror news, and all the gory details. Listen if you dare. And hello everyone and welcome to episode 25 of the Trick or Treaters podcast. I am your host, Kyle. And as always, I'm joined by my wonderful co-host, JR. JR, how are you doing today, buddy? I am doing great. I, as we are recording on a, the day of, was it daylight savings, daylight earnings, daylight burning time? Got had to set our clock back an hour. Is that correct? I'm so thrown off from today. We said it, uh, no, it's spring for, spring forward. That's what it yeah, was spring, yeah, forward. spring forward. So as we are recording, it's like almost nine o'clock my time, eleven o'clock your time. But it feels like eight. But then I also feel exhausted because you know sleep. I don't know. It's crazy. The, this spring forward is. And daylight savings time, you know, the time changes always throws me off the day of. Uh, uh, I never really have a problem with daylight savings or spring forward or anything like that. It's just another day for me. Uh, I, uh, I've had a pretty good day today. I've uh, just uh, went down to my sisters and hung out with my family. It's my mom's birthday today, so went and ate with them and had some cake. You got to see the family for a little bit. It's been a good day. No, it's, that's great to hear. You know, um, I had recently uh, went to see my physician and had some uh, some stuff done on Friday, and it's kind of felt really tired out going into the weekend because of it. Also donated blood this week, so uh, I am a frequent um, blood donor. I'm almost at five gallons of uh, blood donations in my lifetime, which is not a lot. There's a lot of people who have more than me, especially even at, at my age. And so I was just uh, ready to get this end of the week and go into the new week started, especially as we are looking forward to St. Patrick's Day. Yes, St. Patrick's Day is on Wednesday, which is a nice segue because uh, St. Patrick's Day is kind of the reason why we chose the movie we chose uh, for this week to, to review. We're going to be do we're going to be talking about 1993's Leprechaun. And Jar, uh, how do you feel about this movie? Uh, when was the first time you watched this? How do you feel about it? How do you feel about it now? You know, and so on. Well, this film, as we look back, and if I'm doing my math correctly, which I like to think I am, is approximately 28 or 28 years old. Um, I don't know the... Actually, it is 28 years old because uh, it was released before uh, in January of 93. And 
as you know, this is the feature film debut of a very young Jennifer Andrew, uh, Aniston, who in this film gives me a little bit of uh, Kelly Kapowski type vibes because seems like a kind of a rich Cali girl, but more of a like a Kelly Kapowski, but also share from uh, Clueless vibes where she has a Kelly Kapowski look, but has the share attitude of being like rich and pompous. And, you know, when I first watched this film, I, I want to say I was in my teens uh, because when I was younger, as everybody knows how I got in, you know, my horror viewing is so weird. I actually saw Leprechaun 2 and 3 before I even saw 1. And so, and after I saw, when I saw 1, it was after I saw Friends and probably a movie or two that Jennifer Aniston was in, depending, I can't remember the time, but for sure it was after Friends. And I was like, oh my God, Jennifer Aniston was in this film? Like, she's like a massive star now because of Friends. You know, I can't imagine her being in something like this, especially with how cheesy it is. You know, I love Warwick Davis as Leprechaun. I think, you know, his character of Leprechaun throughout the whole film series, no matter, because there are some really horrible entries into the Leprechaun film series. But with him in it, though, it just, it's the overwhelming redeeming quality because he's such a fun character with his one-liners. And, but looking back on it now and watching it recently, I just wonder... And I would have loved to talk to a native of Ireland about this film and just how overly offensive this film is. Because some of the things that go on in this film, if it was like me as a, you know, as a Mexican, I would, if there was something that was similar to stuff like saying, you know, we talk about shoes, for example, and the shoes are going to be very prevalent in this first one. And if it was something like, oh, look, we made, uh, you know, you can go to a lot of Mexican, um, check the word, uh, my wife would know and it's, it's skipping me, but like essentially a Mexican market, you would find, you know, custom huaraches, which are, you know, sandals that, um, and then you see them anywhere you would go. Essentially, if you go to Mexican market, especially if you go in Mexico, uh, there's a place in LA called, I think it's Placita de Vera. And so if it was something like that, we'd be like, oh, look, you know, you've got this, you know, horror Mexican killer, you know, like a, I don't know. I, it's give my mind because I'm trying to give a comparison. It's not working in my favor. But it's like, oh, he's making huaraches. I'd be like, that's kind of offensive. And I would be really upset about it. And I know people are like, you know, you you can't be so offensive. It can't be you know, soft. But we're talking about somebody's culture and you're talking about certain things of that culture. And, and I'm not familiar with how prevalent four-leaf clovers and leprechauns are in, in Irish folklore, you know, I wonder how offensive this movie is to people who are from Ireland. Yeah, you make a, you, you make a great point, but uh, I'm not too sure, honestly, on that. Uh, we just have to have somebody, you know, you know, from Ireland, kind of speak on that. Uh, I'll tell you, you know, it, it's going to be a year, but as you and I both said multiple times, we're in this for the long haul. You know, we're not in it just for the, you know, the short run. So the goal is obviously this time next year is to cover Leprechaun 2. So before, between now and then as a buildup, I know some people in, you know, our other passion and love of 
of wrestling who are from Ireland. And I'm going to get some information about like, hey, I got a question about this movie that has to do with, you know, some of your potential folklore. What are your thoughts on it? And see what they say. Because I guarantee you, you know, I, I will be able to get something out of them. I don't know if it'd be good or bad, but it's going to happen. So stick with us. A year from now, you're going to get that follow-up. I promise you. Nice. Nice. Yeah. It's a good idea. Uh, it's of, uh, yeah, like you said, this is Jennifer Aniston's like film debut. Uh, she, she's not too particularly fond of this movie. And, and I, I was reading up, apparently War, uh, Warwick Davis even accuses her of, of trying to pretend this movie doesn't exist. Is there a reason why she feels that way? Um, my assumption is because of her massive super. I mean, we've seen her in um, films with Vince Vaughn. We've seen her in films with, you know, uh, Adam Sandler. Um, obviously, Friends. Uh, We're the Millers. Uh, you know, she has a very significant uh, film credit to her name as well as accolades you know and as i'm you know quickly going through it i think of especially if you look at certain parts of comedy that i remember her in she was in bruce almighty with jim carrey she was in along came Polly with ben stiller the breakup with vince vaughn uh, marley and me with Owen wilson uh, just go with it was when i mentioned Adam sandler jason i believe it's jason sue Declis and we're the millers horrible bosses i mean she's had a a pretty good film career and then obviously you know nothing's going to top her massive success in the uh tv show friends where she played the role of rachel green which was over to over 230 episodes and about a 10 year run so i wonder if it's like hey i'm up here this film that's really bad and has a really low budget that i don't even know if it's considered b-rated um I don't want this connected to my name. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it has to do with how bad the movie is, which, you know, nothing gets anybody who does like the movie or the franchise. I mean, it's a guilty pleasure, like, franchise for me, but, like, this is by no means a good movie. And, honestly, this is, like, one of the worst horror franchises there is, like, with some awful, awful entries later on. Like if I want to give a comparison, you know, let's talk about one of the the greatest screen queens of all time, and her first film that she was featured in, Jamie Lee Curtis as Laura Show in Halloween, one of the greatest horror films of all time, my favorite horror film of all time. You know how much I love it, and you see what came after that, you know, Prom Night, uh, Trading Places, and so many films after that that came with it in her film career and she's you know to me a, an amazing actress and you can look back you can look back and be like you know i'm very fond of that you know that really gave me my start of where i ended up i <laughs> i don't think jennifer Addison could say the same with leprechaun as her first film feature debut and in fact if i'm not mistaken that was her first that was her first film and only film in before Friends that she did. Friends yeah. came out in 94 and if anything it's 
that's the one that propelled her to the star she was was the TV show Friends. I don't think any the cast of directors of Friends uh, would love to ask him like, hey, did you ever see you know Jennifer Aniston and Tori? As Tori and Leprechaun, because I'm pretty sure they would have been like, no, if we saw that we wouldn't have casted her. Yeah, uh, it's it's odd too, because uh, it's because of the Friends thing and her being so recognized from Friends. Uh, this movie actually made like over 15 million in in VHS and DVD sales and stuff, all because of the recognition that Jennifer Aniston. And, Jennifer, Jennifer Ann, Aniston, my bad, uh, got from being in the show. I just wanted to add, I, I want to say there was, I could be making this up, but I thought there was something where as, as years have gone back, There was something about the way that the film was publicized that potentially could have been, and I mean, like after the fact, it was kind of like um, they had used her name, like like to make it a big recognition, like in subsequent like releases. Uh. It sounds familiar, but I don't quite recall it currently. Hold on. Time out. Carmen, cut all that out, Carmen, because I think I'm confusing that with another film that came out like the last 10 years. I'm trying to remember what it was. Um, yeah, let's just skip all that. I, I'll, I'll figure it out. But, you know, what I'm talking about the right. There was a film that came out like like five or 10 years ago where it was like they released it like two or three years afterwards. And then the way they publicized it was like, watch, you know, this actor in this amazing movie. And it's just like this, the guy had already like taken off. I want, I don't know if it was like Kyle Pratt or something like that. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not too sure. Yeah. Carmen. I'll figure it out. Yeah. yeah cut all that out, Carmen. Cause that just, I went down the deep. That, that didn't need to be there. Here, I'll My bad, this. man. <laughs> I'll make a sound so you know where to end for us to be, pick back up at. All right. Uh, yeah. It's uh, I was reading up some funny tidbits, but you know, uh, as we like to go over trivia of the film, uh. If you pay attention to the credits, uh, George Lucas actually gets a special thanks in the credits, and it's because uh, War Warwick Davis, who plays Leprechaun, was still under contract with him from for Star Wars, and they had to get special special permission from him to allow him to be in the movie. Yeah, you know Warwick Davis, uh, he was in Willow approximately five years before this movie was released, uh, which means it was probably three and a half to four years before, you know, from the time they started filming Leprechaun. Uh, and from what I, what I looked up, obviously we know his role in Star Wars, but Willow is also connected to Lucasfilm. 
And there's other things that was connected to, like, Star Wars. They did Ewok cartoon show. So, Warwick Davis had a very extensive career in Star Wars, even before, you know, not just in the beginning of the, the first original trilogy that came out in, like, the 70s and 80s, but he was also in the prequel with episode one through three. He had roles in episode seven through nine. So he, you know, he has a very close connection to it. So it, I'm glad that they gave him a chance to like branch out or do something different. One of the things I had mentioned earlier before we got on, Warwick Davis is probably the, I don't know what the correct term is. And I don't want to, you know, sound offensive because I really don't know, but I, I believe it's a dwarf. Is it correct term? Um, if I'm wrong, I apologize. You know, he suffers from a condition that causes that. Uh, I, I believe it's the, I can't say it, but it's a genetic condition that the acronym is SED. And with that, with what he's been able to accomplish in Hollywood, I mean, he has a very extensive film resume that is between television as well as film and he is in some very big series he was obviously leprechaun star wars he was in harry potter he was um i saw him right here he was in uh some of the parts of the uh, chronicles of narnia that was not just on the film but there was also a tv version in 89 so he has you know, a pretty significant part in film history. And to say that, hey, I was in Star Wars, Leprechaun, Harry Potter, and even the Chronicles of Narnia, as well as other, like, one-off films, that's, that's a pretty good film career. Oh, yeah. And uh, honestly, Warwick Davis is, like, one of the only redeemable things about this movie. Like he pretty much made this movie the way he plays this character of uh, Leprechaun is just is so great. Uh, it, I wouldn't um, say one of the redeeming qualities. I would say the only redeeming quality of this entire film series. I, I mean, I, I'd agree, yeah. Uh, originally... And I said that because you're nicer than me. I said that, Kyle, because you're nicer than, than me and, you know... I'm just going to be very blunt about it. I, I think he makes this entire film franchise in the sense for the films that he was in. Obviously, he was in one through four. He was also in, you know, the two Leprechaun Hoods. There was another one, Leprechaun Origins, that he wasn't in. And then they did, a Lepre I believe it was called Leprechaun Returns. That was direct to yeah. sci-fi that he wasn't in. Um, that character, you know, he did okay. He did, you know, try with his one-liners, but... It doesn't like nothing comes close to Warwick Davis and the way that he's able to be his, you know, funny, sadistic self. I mean, he's he's up there with, you know, some of the funny parts of like, you know, uh, Brad Dorff as Chucky and then Robert England as Freddie. I mean, he's not one, he's not one or two, but he's definitely, I would say, a close three. Yeah, he's. He's a horror icon with for his portrayal of Leprechaun. Uh, so originally, so like you know, as you're watching the movie, you can tell this is a very, uh, this is like a this is a horror comedy film, and the reason why 
uh, is because see, originally it was supposed to be a straightforward horror film, but Ward Davis wanted to uh, salt to kind of add more comedic elements to it, especially with the way you know he talks, with, with, with the way he portrays his character. And the the director Mark Jones he finally agreed with the tonal shift of the movie, and so they shot it as a horror comedy, and then several scenes had to be reshot. After, because one of the producers insisted that the film needed to be made gorier to appeal to an older audience, which is why in some scenes, you, you can know if you really pay attention, you can tell what scenes were reshot because you'll you'll see uh, you'll see one area and then you'll see them uh, cut to the next part and they're supposed to still be in the same area, but the area looks completely different and it's because of, of reshoots. Yeah, yeah. I wonder. I, I did see some of that, and I actually was one of the things I love to do is when I know a film is also covered by a guy who I just I talk about him all the time. I get a chance, you know, what I'm to me, he is somebody that if I could reach his status as somebody who reviews movies, James A. Janice from Dead Me, who does an amazing job with his what he does. And he talked about that. And when things like that happen, he shows it and explains it. One thing is for me with Leprechaun, knowing that they went from they planned on PG, but they wanted to go to radar to make it more gory and adding those additional reshoots. I I think the better play would have been just sticking with the PG thirteen with this film. Cause and the reason I say that is I wonder if that also if that Lord your potential audience viewer because the gore that is showed and when the, there's a particular death that I will, when we get to that, I'll, I know for a fact, like that's one of them and, and I'll bring it up, but I'm like, I don't think that added any sort of element to this film. I mean, there's only a total of four kills in this entire film. So with showing that adding that additional one didn't make or break this film. Yeah. The, the kills in this movie, there's only like one really good kill in the movie. The rest of them are kind of, eh. And, uh, and, for, and it's kind of weird because unlike most horror films, the main cast survives. It's all like mostly just side characters who get killed, which is really strange. And I'm wondering, like, why they did that. I wonder if it's more because of them choosing a horror comedy uh, aspect to the movie rather than the straightforward horror like it was meant to be. Yeah, I have to agree. I think the other thing, too, is that while this film was rated R in 1993, there's, this film is not even – I don't even think it even makes PG-13. I think this is a PG film today with how, with how far – you see people, you know, push that gore element from, you know, you know, like Rob Zombie, for example, and his director's uh, direct directorship, and you know, the Saw franchise as another one. I'm like, there's this film doesn't even to me closely resemble uh, a rated R film that I've seen today. I don't even think this is a rated R film, you know, 15 years ago. Yeah, it's very uh it's 
besides the gore, I mean, there's really not much else that I could see of why it would be rated R. This could have easily passed for PG-13. But uh, that's all the little trivia bits and stuff. So uh, I don't have any news this week uh, to get into. So I say we'll, we'll just get into it. I got I got one tidbit because I, I don't okay. think we cover this because uh, we've been off for as you know we we took a week off. Yeah. Okay. Um, Go ahead. And uh, I had read that they are going to make a sequel to Evil Dead. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, I think it's 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 planning on filming this year. I think or next year. I think it's, I think it's this year. And for me, I love Bruce Campbell. I think Bruce Campbell, when you talk about horror comedy, especially when he got in his break um, towards halfway through the Evil Dead 2, and then especially with Army of Darkness. Army of Darkness, that's my that's like my ultimate guilty pleasure. I think that is one of the funniest, the most amazing movies I've ever seen in my life. I love Bruce Campbell. I love all his Will Limers in there. Um, and so I don't, I don't think we brought that up last time because I'm trying to remember when it broke that news broke as far as like the new sequel. Um, and I mean, when we say this is like, this is just a very recent thing that they talked about this evil, um, you know, evil dead. I don't know exactly where it's at in the con continuity. If it's like right after two, which that, that's a whole nother issue. When you talk about evil dead, uh, you know, from evil dead, evil dead Two, army of darkness, but just knowing that I get a chance to see Bruce Campbell, in another, you know, Evil Dead movie, and then we're also getting a, a video game on top of that. Like, I just think that's so awesome. Oh yeah, I'm 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 looking forward to the movie and especially the video game. Uh, I'm a huge fan of the original Evil Dead. Uh, I, I know like a lot of people like uh, a lot of people love the sequels and like Army of Darkness more and stuff. I've always just uh, been more toward the original Evil Dead. Just, just on a quick tangent, what do you think of the Evil Dead uh, remake compared to the first one? Uh, oh, I loved it. Uh, I think it's like one of the best. I think it's one of the better horror remakes in a long, long time. And uh, I thought the, uh, the the final girl was really was really great, and I love how they kind of. They, they kind of uh, seem to pinpoint to making her a new Ash. Yeah, I was just wondering. Um, so it's going to start filming soon, and the, and the name is called Evil Dead Rises. The name of the uh, the working title that that potentially would be the movie title because I think that's a good title. But yeah, the only reason I asked that question is because when I saw the remake, and obviously you know horror films back in those days, like in the early in the late eight seventies and early eighties, the, the gore isn't where you see where it's today, but seeing where they want that story and certain elements of the remake, I was like a lie, man. It, it really freaked me out. You know, there's a scene in there with a, a broken, you know, I think it's a, it's broken glass from a medicine cabinet, I believe. And the girl takes it and she starts cutting her face. It, was haunting to me. I was freaking out when I saw that. Yeah, that movie has some insane uh, kills and stuff, and 
it's a pretty haunting movie, as you said. Uh, but yeah, I I, I really like the remake of it though. Oh. Uh, Uh, yeah, uh, if that's all the if that's all the news you have, uh, I don't really have anything this week, so I say we get straight into it. Absolutely. Uh, uh, Carmen, hit the trailer. The luck of the Irish is being packed and shipped to a little town in South Dakota, whose luck may have just run out. So talking about 1993's Leprechaun, it was released on January 8th, 1993, has a runtime of 92 minutes. It stars, uh, it was directed by, directed by Mark Jones, uh, written by Mark Jones, produced by Jeffrey B. Mallion, and it stars Warwick Davis, you know, who plays Leprechaun, Jennifer Aniston, who plays Tori, who, you know, everybody knows from Friends, um, Hannah Lent, Mark Holton. Uh, for those who don't know, you, you may recognize Mark Holton from Pee Wee's Big Adventure. That uh, uh, Mark Holton plays Ozzy in this movie. Robert High Gorman and John Sanderford. And it had a budget of around nine hundred thousand, just under a million dollars, and it grossed. It made a it made eight point six million in the box office, and later on through DVD sales and VHS sales and stuff like that, it's made over fifteen million. And it's all probably mostly due to Jennifer An due to Jennifer Aniston's uh, like uh, recognition and everything. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think especially as uh, as Friends came out the the next year, it, people would definitely want to see see how she was in her first feature film. And one of the things I just kind of go over, as you know, I can look at the inflation number. So one million in nineteen ninety three dollars is approximately uh, one point eight million today. 
So that's about, about an 80% uh, inflation increase. And so it's just a little bit short of doubling, you know, doubling that inflation. You know, eight, 8 million is about 14.5 million today. So, um, and you know, that's not bad though. You think about it, it's like you're making it, you know, for how bad this film is, you know, and I know probably in the grand scheme of things, um, $8 million doesn't seem like a lot, but to, you know, I think you ask anybody, Hey, if you give me, especially today in today's whole GameStop Dodge coin stuff, it's like, Hey, if you invest a million dollars, I guarantee you're gonna make 8 million back. I'll jump on that every day of the week at twice on Sunday. Oh yeah. 100%. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, I really uh, hit good here with the uh, with it being a budget solo and and I mean honestly it amazes me that it, it actually did like profit because like we said before we got we into the review like this is by no means a good movie <laughs> it's it's pretty bad but uh, it's it's more like a guilty pleasure film but it also now has a bit of a cult following and everything. I mean, if you think about it, this film from the you talked about like the VHS sales, all the re-releases it's had over 28 years because it was VHS, DVD, Blu-ray, um, and then it's always shown every year around this time, the whole franchise. So I don't know exactly how syndication works in movies and how those rights go, but I'm pretty sure they're if if they get even like you know. We'll give you 25 cents every time this film is shown. The last, you know, and I'm being, you know, exaggerating. I'm sure, you know, if they're getting some sort of syndication, uh, I'm sure that they're making a pretty good profit off that syndication. If they work, if, you know, they have the right lawyers look at those contracts. Because I've heard about people talk about, oh, you know, if you get into syndication with a TV show, that's where it's at. You know, once you hit 100 shows and syndicate, you know, if you're airing a show, like the ones, the ones I heard about was, uh, I believe it was Gotham. Was a TV show, and so if you hit a hundred, you are you're eligible for syndication. So I was like the whole thing to get Gotham to a hundred shows. Now with movies, it's obviously different, but you know, for example, you and I, we always see TNT on Wednesday, and it's without that, it always seems like they're showing the Equalizer, or they're showing Ready Player One, or they're showing uh, Olympus Has Fallen. I mean, it seems like every single month they're showing one of you know those films. I'm I'm like they gotta be making some good money and you know airing these films on TV with some sort of like you know profit margin. Yeah, I'm not too familiar with the syndication in movies and stuff. So, but that's 28 years. I think for 28 years, you know, the film 1983. So you know, for probably 20 years they've been showing this film, you know, yeah. on sci-fi or or something of that nature. Oh yeah, around this time. So. Yeah, these are always on sci-fi in around this time. I mean, and I'm I'm one of the people who watch this this movie and honestly the whole series. I kind of revisit every year, just because uh I'm I'm one of those one of those horror fans who likes to watch like whatever the current coming up holidays and special occasions coming up like watching horror films based around that time period. Yeah, but, and as as uh, um as you and I know, for those who subscribe to the NBC Universal new streaming service called Peacock, 
all the leprechauns are on there. Yes, it is. So for for five ninety nine or four ninety nine a month with commercials, yep. I pay. I have it. I pay ten dollars a month because I hate commercials. You now have access to all leprechauns. Yep, it's a great deal for the foreseeable future. Great deal. I'd definitely jump on it uh, if I was you. If you haven't already, Peacock, please uh, support us. Sponsor us, please. <laughs> uh, so, so yeah, let's get into it. Uh, so the movie opens up, and it's 1983, and we see a guy by the name of Daniel O'Grady, who has he's he's at his house. He's stolen a bag of of 100 gold coins uh, from a leprechaun who has uh, who has unbeknownst to him hid himself in his suitcase. And he ends up, the leprechaun ends up coming out of the, the guy's suitcase and scaring O'Grady's wife, and she ends up falling down a flight of stairs and breaking her neck. And yes, that is one kill out of the four kills in this movie already in the first five minutes. Uh, so, so O'Grady, you know, after he kills his wife, O'Grady ends up managing to seal away the leprechaun in uh in his basement by placing by seal him up in like a uh in like a crate and placing a four-leaf clover on the crate which negates the leprechaun's uh magic and you know makes him defenseless basically and after he puts him in the crate he ends up trying to incinerate him and he he's trying to light a fire and like you know and everything, and he screams out, uh, "Burn in hell, you little green bastard!" Which is a great line. Th- this movie has a lot of great one-liners, mostly from the Leprechaun. But before, when he yells it out, before he can actually light the fire, uh, the Leprechaun uh, uses uh, uses what a little bit of magic he's got left to cause O'Grady to have a stroke. And he ends up falling, uh, falling, uh, uh, falling off, and having a stroke, and he ends up having to be taken to a nursing home and everything. And so the leprechaun is basically stuck in the crate for for ten years. Did uh, Jr. How'd you like this opening? I mean, so essentially, O'Grady, he's coming back from Zane of Ireland. He stole leprechaun's gold, showed it to his wife. The leprechaun hid in a suitcase, and this is where we first learn about the leprechaun's magic because he tricks his wife by using uh, a child's voice saying that he's locked in there to let, to let him out, which scares her, and she falls and dies. And then what O'Grady uses to try to trap the leprechaun is a florally clover, so we learn very quickly that he is afraid, scared, or can be seriously hurt by a four-leaf clover, and that's what he uses to trap him inside of that crate. And then we see that even within the crate, he's still able to use his magic. I mean, it's a very interesting story because we now we know, you know, this is foreshadowing into two significant plot points, that one, he wants his gold, and two, a four-leaf clover can hurt him. Versus, you know, and my guesstimation because of the way that O'Grady's reaction is, I know it's kind of high science 2020, but that the four of the clover is going to be the only thing that's going to be able to hurt him. Because if it wasn't, he probably would have just, you know, he didn't have, he wouldn't have used the four of the clover to trap him. He just would have potentially burned down his house. 
you know, it was, um, I think in a sense it was, you know, you got, you understood what was the plot point is the importance of the gold. But then we quickly fast track to 10 years later and we see a new family moving into that house. Yeah. And the new family is the, the dad's Katie Redding, uh, who's played by John Sanderford and his daughter, Tori Redding, uh, who's played by Jennifer Anderson. And they move into the house but they, uh, you know, they aren't sure of the history uh, behind it and everything. Yeah, and the the thing with the with this is that we learned that, as I mentioned earlier, uh, Jennifer Aniston's character Tori, as I said, that she's a cross between, you know, she has the fashion of a Kelly Kapowski from Saved by the Bell, and then she has the kind of pompous, rich girl attitude of share from clueless just a quick little funny side note i don't know let me phrase that um i don't mean funny but quick side note the dad uh john sanderford he actually i recognized him from somewhere else when i went back and saw this and he wasn't a major character he, i don't even see he would be a supporting character but he played zach morris's dad in saved by the bell that's where i recognized him from and he doesn't have a big role in this either. I mean, we see him at the beginning, and then he quickly goes away. Okay, yeah. Uh, I wasn't like a huge Saved by the Bell fan, so I, I, I didn't recognize him until you pointed that out. Shame on you. Breaking <laughs> my heart, Kyle. <laughs> the other thing, too, is uh, the I didn't grow up on um, – I did not grow up on Pee Wee Herman. Like, I knew Pee Wee Herman. I saw him around, but, like, I didn't sit there and watch him. Yeah. I actually recognize the guy who plays um, Ozzy, whose name is Mark Holton. Mm-hmm. I recognize him from a film I saw on Netflix when Netflix first came out, and I was doing my deep dive into uh, horror. I don't know if I saw the Netflix streaming service or when Netflix had the, had the, um, the DVDs. Yeah the DVD Mountain Service, but he played John Wayne Gacy in a movie called uh, Gacy. Oh, okay. So, and this came out approximately 2003. I saw it around 2008. Um, so I don't know if that was another film that I recognized him in. And we actually ended up, you know, just to kind of a little spoiler, Ozzy comes back and Leprechaun returns. I mean, everybody knows we just said earlier that the, the major character, the, the four significant characters of this film survive. Yeah. And so, um, but he ends up coming back, Lever Comic Returns, which I love stuff like that. Like, when I see stuff like that, you know, that's the one thing that always bothers me with sequels is like, I want to have somebody from an original be able to come back so we can, like, see, you know, like, you know see them have some sort of connection. So I like, I think that's cool. But, um, yeah, Leprechaun uh, Returns. I don't know. Uh, I actually really enjoyed it. It uh, it was way more horror aspect than it was horror comedy, and they basically gave it the Halloween 2018 treatment, where it's a sequel successor to the original that ignores the others. Yeah. Um. The other thing, real quick, the other person I recognize because I um is Alex. He, before Leprechaun, he was in the movie 
um, Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead. He was also yes. the friend of Roland Gardner, Henry Roland Gardner, in the in one of my favorite kids' sports film, Rookie of the Year, where uh, those are two other films that I recognized him in. And then the the last main character we had is Nathan, played by Ken Olden. Um, and these are and the reason I bring these up because these are the four characters we're gonna get to know beginning now that essentially make up these films: Ozzy, Alex, Tori, and then Nathan. I don't recognize Nathan from anything else. He was the one person that I never saw in anything else, which is kind of funny because, um, you know, you would figure that a guy who's I think he's probably like the second or third most prominent character. You know, you have Leprechaun, Tori, obviously, you know, Jennifer Aniston's character and him are the top three characters. And he, I think he was the one that I feel like did less than even Ozzy or Alex. Cause I'd never recognized him in anything. I see he did a lot of like one episode type things in different TV shows, but after this, but I never saw him anything else though. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like as Jar was saying, uh, Besides, uh, you know, Tori played by Jim Franson and JD played by John uh, Sanderford, they're also accompanied at the house by three painters: Nathan, uh, Nathan, his 11-year-old brother Alex, and Alex's friend Ozzy. And uh, it, uh, one thing I uh, pointed out that I thought was hilarious: uh, what? How'd you like their painting business name? Three guys who paint very clever and so creative <laughs> hey you know what sometimes hey sometimes you just gotta be straight to the point i remember seeing uh, you know a self-made millionaire his thing was um 1-800 got junk does it you know and there was, and all I did was just pick up, pick up your junk and, and throw it away. It became a millionaire. So three guys who paint, hey, who knows? That could be the the next multi million dollar company. Hmm. Okay. Well then. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I was just, it's you know, I'm just you know saying like you know it's. I mean, it's not it's horrible. You know, I know what you're saying is it's horrible, but hey, maybe you know. It could work, you know. Maybe I'll st- starting next week. I'll start that side business. I'm gonna find two people who are gonna go start painting houses. Just name your business. Three guys who paint. Nice, nice. <laughs> uh, so you know they're all there. They're uh, they're there at the house, and uh, the leprechaun ends up using his powers to disguise his voice. And uh, I forgot what he did. Did he just use a little boy voice again? I honestly, from what I rem- uh going back looking at the film, I don't think he actually used the voice. I think what happened was uh, something happened where it may, I, I could, I'm maybe confusing myself, but the, essentially the four leaf clover blew off the, blew off the, the box, the wooden box, the yeah. wooden freight or crate, excuse me. And from there, that's how he was able to, you know, bust his way out of the uh, crate. Okay, okay. I, for some reason, I, I I must have mixed up. I thought uh, I thought Ozzy had like heard his cries and I believe I believe he did mistake it for a little child. Him. Yeah. Um, 
I believe it was that he mistaked it for a little child. But the the significant part though that got him out of the crate was the fact that he that the four leaf clover fell off the crate. Yeah. And uh so, so anyway, uh Ozzy ends up, you know, unknowingly releasing unknowingly releasing the leprechaun and he comes out of the crate and he tells Ozzy to tell him where the gold is or he's gonna bite his ear off and he's gonna make a boot out of it, which is hilarious. And this is where this is where we start learning that shoes are a very significant part of this movie. Yes. Yeah, a lot of the myth a lot of the mythos and uh like a local folklore and like like the the folklore behind leprechauns are a big thing in this movie. He he he's a he loves to shine. if he sees shoes he has to shine them because he's a shoemaker by trade. It's odd, <laughs> but uh yeah, I'll tell you another one that's actually another movie I remember watching growing up as a kid. It was it was a made for Disney TV called Look of the Irish, and um in there there was a talk about you know that the the kid had a grandfather and about how he made his shoes. Like and the term shoemaking, the other term is you. Some people may know is called cobbler, not the type of cobbler you eat, like a peach cobbler, but it's a cobbler, and that's what they do. They're they're shoemakers, you know. They make you know for anything, and especially a lot of leather and buckles, um, kind of what they use, and they use it in and like river dancing type, and I think that's why. Their part of it became obsessed because it is a trade that um, I believe is known in Ireland that some people do that they make shoes from you know by hand as you know they're you know cobblers when you think about you know blue collar jobs that's one of theirs like you know where I live it's agriculture but I just it just was over the top that was just you know I'll give this a spoiler I'm 98% confident this is the the, the last movie we we get to see shoes in. <laughs> in the series i don't i don't remember shoes in two three four in the, in the hood yeah i'll let you know later if, you're, if that's true because I, I plan on doing my annual rewatch of the franchise soon well definitely by the time he gets to the hood he goes from shoes to, to yeah. herbal medicine at least oh yeah, at that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh so so you know ozzy he he gets you know he gets told by the leprechaun to tell him where the gold is or else. And Ozzy ends up you know, getting scared and he runs away. And the reason he runs, he gets away. Uh, the leprechaun's powers are really weak from being in the box for so long and not having his powers. So, you know, he obviously, uh, uh he's weak. And so, so, so Ozzy gets away because of that. And he runs out of the house and he tells them that there's a leprechaun there. But of course, everybody, doesn't believe him and you know kind of falls upon deaf ears later on uh alex and ozzy uh spot a rainbow above an old truck that's near the house and uh, this is actually where the the man from the beginning o'grady he actually hid the leprechaun's gold there well uh they find the gold and ozzy uh, by its a coin to determine determines it, its authenticity, its authenticity, and he accidentally swallows it. 
Uh-oh. Oh. Uh, after they find it, Alex urges Ozzy to keep quiet about the finding, and he's thinking that they can use the money to fund a brain operation for poor Ozzy. See, like the, the thing with Ozzy, it's uh, I don't know if they ever say it in the movie. In everything I've read, it, I guess people's determined that, that he's autistic. I mean, honestly, it could. I don't know. I I haven't looked into that, but yeah. I. The only thing I know from autism, because somebody close to me is autistic, is they tend to they tend to focus, and there's different levels. Like the autism spectrum is very wide. Yeah. Uh, and so the two the individual I know is that they tend to have to focus a lot on they focus what they see so. They don't do well with a lot of noises. And so for me, I, I can't really give a fair comparison because what I see somebody close to me goes through is a lot different than what Ozzy went through. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah, well, everything I've, I've like read up on it, everything says he's autistic, but it doesn't necessarily say it in the movie. So... It, how to say Ozzy? Uh, he's uh, he's not. Uh, I don't really know how to put this, Jr. Uh, what one of the things they like I'm looking up is they said that he is he suffer he has autism or sensory in, integration disorder. Um, it, it also seems very reminiscent of a character in. Is it Jason? Is it a New Beginning? The part five? Yeah, yeah. The um, I can't talking, think of the character's name. He, yeah, you're talking about the one who keeps trying to give everybody chocolate and who is yeah. getting chopped up into bits by that by the crazy dude. Yes. Yeah. So, um, but it's tough, like I said, because the autism spectrum is is very wide, so it's not. It's just tough to to make that determination. Yeah. It, it for me at least because I don't I. I haven't seen very different. I've also, you know, worked with people who also have Asperger's syndrome, uh, where they don't understand social norms. It's hard for them to to figure out those social norms as well. So I don't want, uh, I don't, you know, for me, I don't. It's tough because I, it's hard for me to talk about something I don't know, especially like that, because I don't want to offend anybody. And yeah. you know, obviously, neither, none of, neither one of us want to. Yeah. I will say though, it's uh, the one thing is the importance of buying the gold is one of the things that I had learned. I believe I learned from Pawn Stars is that people buy gold because if it's real gold, it you actually can buy into and leave a mark where because it's it's softer than like other metals. I was like I don't mean like buy through like you're gonna buy through like it's a piece of candy, but it, yeah. it will leave a mark. Whereas if it's fake gold or fool's gold that's made out of 100% you know metal, copper, and I think steel, it won't make a mark. Like it's just it's like biting into a piece of you know like a brick it's just nothing's gonna happen hmm. and that's why he ended up slaughtering it because he was like i'm gonna take a bite and then you just eating the whole thing yeah so uh, after they find the gold later on uh the leprechaun in, ends up uh, he escapes out of the house and he's hiding in a tree and he's making cat noises disguising himself as a cat 
uh, JD ends up going over there to investigate the cat because uh, he hears the cat, and the leprechaun bites him on the hand while he's hiding under the tree. And so uh, JD ends up going to the hospital, and while the rest are the rest of the group are with JD, Alex and Ozzy take one of the coins to a, a pawn shop owner to uh, you know get further analysis on it. Well, when 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 they leave, the leprechaun ends up sneaking into the pawn shop, uh, and he gets his coin, and he, you know, of course, the pawn shop owner uh, runs into him, and he asks him, you know, what are you? And then the leprechaun says, uh, can't you, uh, I'm, I'm not even going to attempt to do his accent, where he's, uh, he says, uh, you know, can't you see I buckle on my shoes? Uh, I'm a leprechaun. And uh, this is actually like one of the leprechaun ends up killing the the shop owner, and this is probably the best kill in the movie. Uh, he kills him by he hops on his chest and his stomach with a pogo stick. Yeah, I mean, in this, so there's, now we're at the halfway point in the, in the sense of kills. There's only four kills, and this is the second one of the four, and it doesn't get close. I mean, this is by far the most unique and great kill. The only thing is, obviously looking back, thinking about a pogo stick, is for this to happen, there had to be some sort of, you know, and I you hate using like realistic, but like a spike edge. Well, a pogo stick doesn't have a spike edge. It has a rubber tip that allows it to, like, you know, for you to bounce off of. Nonetheless, taking that out of the side, it is a very, it's a very interesting thing because when you look at horror and the kills of horror, you know, for example, you know, you, we t- I'll use because I talked about earlier, like Michael Myers. Michael Myers always uses a kitchen knife, like it's synonymous. But when you start seeing other type of kills, interesting kills, that's what to me the fascination of Saul was because of how unique, you know, Saul where Jigsaw killed people. So be like, he killed him with the pogo stick. Like, that's just awesome. You know, who, what, who else does that? Yeah, unfortunately, this is like one of the only unique kills in the movie. But if you like, this movie or and want to and or and are interested in seeing the other movies or you haven't uh or or you just want to revisit them and you, you in that case you'll know what i'm talking about the other sequels he tends to get a lot more creative with the kills so, so that's like the sequels the the kills in the sequels tend to be way better than the original Yeah, and one of the things I'll add, um, and so I'll add this so for our next part of the, you know, the scene. So after he kills the pawn shop owner, then after he kills him, then he's a he's kind of a bloody mess. He cleans his shoes. Then after he cleans his shoes, he takes what I think is a um, I can't think of the correct term, but it's a, a pedal car, a kid's pedal car. But then it looks like it's electric at the same time. So that was the so that's the three pieces of this. He kills the shop owner, the pawn shop owner with a pogo stick. Then he cleans the shoes, and then he takes a a miniature yellow pedal car as he leaves the pawn shop. Yep, 
the, him in that car is absolutely hilarious seeing. That that's what we say is that Leprechaun, Warwick Davis, everything about him is the redeeming quality of this film. It makes the it makes it that guilty pleasure because the situations you find Leprechaun in, it's it's very unique to him and his character, but it's also funny. And then so after he steals a car, they get pulled over by a sheriff's deputy who thinks that it's a little kid. Because you know the car is not street legal. <laughs> it's not. But you know what? I'll tell you this. I see the stuff. I was three weeks ago on, and I hate going on this quick tangent. I saw this guy on a miniature motorcycle. I mean, this thing was this. I have a bike that's bigger than this thing, like a bicycle that's bigger than this miniature, miniature motorcycle. And the dude was trying to go 55 on a on a highway. And I was like, dude, I'm going to run you over because you're blocking a road because you one, you can't go 55. And two, it's not street legal. And three, you're gonna get killed. You shouldn't be on a highway, on a highway going, trying to go 55 with cars. What's wrong with you? Anyways, I, I digress. I got that tangent because that's reminded me of seeing this little, seeing little leprechaun on this pedal car, as he gets pulled over by a sheriff's deputy who asks him, he "Goes, come on, kid, quit playing games." He goes, "I'm not a kid. I think he said he was 600 years old." Yeah, I believe so. And then, uh, you know, from there, uh, this is one of the things I, I was, so was going to mention this when we get to your Kyle. Ridge, Leprechaun grabs his face and scratches him. And that was supposed to be like, that was the, the beginning cut because it was supposed to be PG-13. But then what happened was when they wanted to increase the gore, from that point where he scratches his face, he ends up chasing the sheriff's deputy throughout, I, I want to say, for lack of a better word, you know, it's not a forest, but I would say basically like an orchard, you know, filled with trees and using his magic to keep going, you know, behind the different trees and scaring the sheriff's deputy. Then he, uh, from the tree, he falls on top of his head and then he ends up breaking his neck as he's insulting them in his funny wisdom and, and breaks his neck. And then he ends up still in his cop car, as we will see in a later scene. But that's the third kill is that he breaks by killing the sheriff's deputy by chasing him in the forest and then breaking his neck. And that's one of the things I meant I wanted to say and bring it up was because did that part having that and making the film Ray R, if this was like one of let's say one of the few things they changed to give that more gore, it wasn't exactly it wasn't a gory kill and it wasn't necessarily needed in the sense of, you know, of having that because the cops in this film, there's only one other scene where we see, uh, see cops. It just, it didn't need to happen. It didn't need to happen. That plot point is not significant to the movie. Yeah, it was. Yeah. I don't know. It, 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 it it's like they just, add, it's like they just added certain people to this movie to pad the kills because they had, didn't want to kill any of the main characters. Because like I said, like like all the people who die are pretty much side characters. I just had an idea for for um, I'll try to make sure this is my last tangent. But as we don't have theme months, but one of these months we probably we should do PG thirteen horror films. And see where that takes us. Oh boy. Because <laughs> <laughs> one of the things as I mentioned is that you know the reason why is that added that added gore 
you know, horror fans love kills. You know, you love your kills, Kyle. I love my kills. All of our friends love our, our horror kills. Um, PG-13 horror takes things in a different direction. But I just wondered if that'd be interesting because just it gave me the idea thinking about how this was going to be a, a comedy horror, PG-13, and they increased the they increased certain aspects of it to make it rated R. So it was just an idea I had, but it won't be, obviously, you and I already know that uh, it won't be in the near future. But just throwing it out there, PG-13 month. We'll figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> that is Kyle's way of saying we're moving on because I don't want to do it because it's going to be horrible. <laughs> no, 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 we'll figure but, it out. But as we uh, as we get back to the film is he kills the sheriff's deputy. And then he ends up going back to the um, the property where they're rebuilding and fixing the house where we find uh, Tori, Nathan, Ozzy, and Alex. Yeah, and uh, it's funny. Uh, when the leprechaun's, like, back at the house and he's, you know, looking for his gold and everything, uh, I'll talk more about this at the end of the movie for an obvious reason but if you look you'll see a brand of cereal on a table that looks exactly like lucky charms but it's called lucky clovers and he ends up uh eating some of it and you know obviously you know, i think he says something about it tasting like shit or something like that and uh, he also does this thing where uh, he sees a, a, a some shoes in a closet and he polishes every one of them and it's fucking hilarious just that's the key part yeah that's the key part because um when we get because they're when they come back to the house so the house is ransacked by leprechaun and then but he cleans all the shoes yeah it's just hilarious seeing him just take time to stop and polish shoes very carefully i made that not just like a quick one, like, you know, oh, I got to go to a party. And so it's just like, let me just quickly, you know, clean this up. No, he's he's going to town making sure these, I think, you know, he had shoes, he had high heels. He was going to town fixing these. Well, I mean, he is a, a shoemaker by trade, so. So, Tori, Nathan, Alex, and Ozzy, the, the, you know, like JR said, they return and they, the whole house is ransacked and they're convinced that it's a bear now jr i haven't ran into many bears in my lifetime but uh i don't know if you have either but i'm pretty sure they don't shine shoes and that's where i say it's a very key part that i said about you ransacked the house destroyed the house but yet the shoes are are cleared because nathan uh as the line goes million dollar million dollar look 10 set brain how do you have all these paul shoes and you're like man we must have must have been a bear and the only one that knew who it was was ozzy probably yeah. possibly alex but yeah nathan is not exactly the, the sharpest tool in the shed and yeah. um i'll tell you this though i said if i ever saw a bear because of brad pitt and legends of the fall i can fight that bear i think i can live just saying. <laughs> well, you know, today I learned <laughs> bears ransack houses and polish shoes on their way out. 
If the if a bear rent if a bear is polishing shoes, I think I could take that bear. I'm just saying. That's very true. I think you could. Uh, after they clean up the mess, uh, that the everything they hear a sound outside, and Nathan goes to check it out, and he gets his legs stuck in a bear trap. And the leprechaun shows up, and he tries to play doctor with him by cutting his leg off of a hatchet. But he ends up getting shot by Nathan after Alex uh, gets a shotgun for him. And uh, Ozzy calls the police only to have them think it was a joke about a killer leprechaun. Then they try to call him again, but the line is dead. And... So this is one of the things about this scene is because when he gets like trapped in the in the bear trap, he stuck. You know, Nathan is. I mean, I, it didn't get him on like the leg. It looked like it, it basically instead of getting his like ankle because that's where a bear trap typically lands because you step right in the middle of it. It looked more like somehow it got like his knee, like he fell onto it. He didn't step into it, like he like tripped and fell onto it and it clasped, like you know, essentially his like. It's like his kneecap actually hit the bear trap and then it, it went around like his like a uh, lower thigh and then like you know upper shin area and but as he's in the trap in this bear trap uh and jennifer and tori played by jennifer Aniston, comes out they start beating the shit out of leprechaun with like a flat a flashlight and something else before they end up shooting him and it was it was weird to me to see it because we just saw him you know, kill a sheriff's deputy that he was scared to death. But then you have a scene where he's getting just beaten with the flashlight and then and he ends up getting shot, um, you know, with that shotgun. But it was one of the ones where, like, sometimes you wonder, like, is he as menacing as he, re- like, as we really think he is? Because right. the way that they're attacking him, it's just like, you know, it's just, I know he's magic, but if you're beating him up like that, he's not doing anything. I think I'd probably grab him and throw him in another box. Right. Or, you know, fucking just kick him. Like, goddamn, this. <laughs> I, I think it was a, I think it was a scene that was, that part of it was bad because it just kind of broke that, that mythos of him being like, you know, unstoppable. Cause obviously like, we know we can't, like they can't kill him as we've seen, obviously, cause they have six, six entries into this franchise with him. But it just seems though like it was. It were, I'm trying to think. Um, it were, this to me reminds me of Buster Rhymes kicking the shit out of Michael Myers in Resurrection. Yeah. It, it just it kind of breaks that character like that mythos of him being unstoppable and that thing is like Leprechaun. You know, obviously, like I said, you know he just kills sheriff's deputy. You know he he's going after you know attacking people. And to do this to him, it just kind of breaks him a little bit. But as you know, that they shot him with the shotgun, and then he ends up escaping after, you know, because you can't kill him. Um, and then they get into a, a truck to flee, and then we see Leprechaun get out of the barn with, like, another type of – it looked like a go-kart, but it had a pitchfork attached to it. And somehow this miniature go-kart with a pitchfork is able – to tip over the truck, yeah, which that no, was weird. No fucking sense whatsoever. Which I mean, we're watching a movie about a leprechaun, so 
I guess you can't really take it to be logical. Uh, one of the funny things, uh, there is a hilarious little funny uh, scene bef uh, before that this happens. When the leprechaun is running to the barn, he runs into Nathan, who's still there with his legs, you know, leg trapped in the bear trap. And he he he, he runs into him by accident, and he and he stops and he turns around and he says he says, "How's your leg?" And then he runs off. <laughs> it's fucking hilarious. And then after he knocks it over, uh, finally Ozzy and Ozzy and and um, Alex tell Nathan and Tori about about the gold, and they end up putting it inside of the well. So Tori goes to get Tori goes to get the the coins, and Leprechaun magically appears in some unique CGI. Which uh, about that, you know, there isn't a lot of effects in this film, but this is one of them. What do you think about the way that he appeared? Because it was very unique because you essentially saw like a green light, like like a green laser, and then it was like his skeleton, and then his body forming around the like around the skeleton. Yeah, it's kind of weird. Like I don't want to say it's bad, but I also yeah. don't want to say it's good either. It it was just it was just different. Like it was, like, I can't I explain like, it. I feel like they could have done it way better. You know what it reminded me of? It reminded me of like in the like Power Rangers. You ever see Power Rangers? Yeah. And and when Lord Zed had his like putty patrollers, and like you hit him with the Z, and also like a body breaks apart. Oh yeah. And just that's kind of how it reminds me of it. Is just but it's like the opposite, where it's just like also it's like the skeleton, and then like the body like grows around it. And uh, he, anyways, but he gets his coin, and he goes to count it, and he realizes he only has ninety nine coins. He's missing one other coin, which. If you remember correctly, Ozzy has in his stomach. Yep. Uh-oh. I would hate to be Ozzy right now. And then, well, after this has happened, then they end up going um, Tory ends up going to find O'Grady, who's at a nursing home after a stroke. And they're trying to kill the leprechaun because obviously Ozzy has the gold in the stomach and the only way to get out is by killing Ozzy or opening his stomach, which they don't, you know, they want to save Ozzy. So Tori goes to visit um, O'Grady to find out how to kill a leprechaun. And as Tori gets there, she sees the back of O'Grady, or at least she thinks it's O'Grady, and uh, it's the leprechaun who scares her and chases Tori into the into back into the elevator where uh, the leprechaun throws O'Grady's bloody body down the shaft. But before he dies, O'Grady ends up telling him how to kill a leprechaun is that the only to do is with the four-leaf clover. So Tori ends up running back to the farmhouse and she's searching through a clover patch looking for a four-leaf clover. Yeah, and what's uh what's funny before this, when when Tori's going to the nursing home, uh the way they do that is Nathan and Ozzy distract leper the leprechaun by throwing shoes at him for him to shine, 
which I know, forgot he has no choice to shine him be, to polish him because as, he's a shoemaker. As <laughs> soon as as soon as they as soon as she hits the car, Ozzy and Nathan are just like chucking every every shoe into the dirt, yeah, and he's getting so pissed at them. And as he's giving like this like this dirty look as he's just oh, he's like you sons of bitches and scrubbing these shoes down. It is. It's fucking hilarious. Yeah, it's because those things like it's so bad, but it's so good too because it's just like they went as I said, they went super hard into this whole shoot the shoe cobbler thing. Yeah, it, it reminds me of uh, there's an episode of Super of Supernatural the TV show. If you ever watched it, but uh, there's an episode where they have to uh, where they're fighting something and it ends up being a fairy. And one of the mythos of fairies is that if you drop, uh, uh, I think it's sand. It's either sand. It, 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 it's either sand or sugar or something like that. But like to, they had to count everything. So like they literally just dump an entire bag of like sugar on the ground. And the fairy just sits there and just gives them this pissed off look and cusses them out as he counts every single grain of sugar. <laughs> no lie, that's pretty awesome. Yeah, it, it I, me I of did that. see some. I did see some supernaturals, but then I, yeah, it was just too long for me to stick with it, and I figured out the point of it very early about how basically. The brothers always had to save each other, and I was like, "All right, I'm getting old. I'm kind of getting tired of this because they never learn how to stop fucking up." So, um, but I did like the brothers though. But yeah, I mean that's what it is though. He's there like scrubbing the shoes, and then, um, you know, before before Tori goes to the um, or on her way to the retirement home, and then as as she ends come back, she's looking for that floating floating clover. And ends up uh, finding it, but as she's looking for it, the leprechaun attacks Ozzy to try to get his gold coin, and he's like, you know, he's about to kill Ozzy. And I think this is one of the the coolest things in the film. Um, mind me saying, Kyle, is that Alex gets the four leaf clover from Tori, he sticks it in the gum, and uses a slingshot and before he shoots it at the leprechaun he says um fuck you lucky charms and the gum with the four leaf clover like essentially enters the mouth of the leprechaun and he's like you know gagging on it because i'm sure for a number of reasons because i would not want anybody's gum in my mouth that's not mine and uh and he begins to like melt away and he uh falls into the well yeah but uh before we continue on uh so so that was the part i was talking about earlier that i wanted to go back to so when alex shoots him with the four-leaf clover before he shoots him and he says fuck you lucky charms there's a reason for that the original line was supposed was supposed to be uh something along the lines of her luck has run out or something something cheesy like that well, they changed it to "fuck you, lucky charms" because if you remember when I said earlier, there is there was an off-brand. It looks like Lucky Charms. It said Lucky Cl- uh, Clovers. So originally, Lucky Charms was supposed to be 
in the movie. It was supposed to be a, a box of Lucky Charms in the movie. Once the head honchos over at Lucky Charms saw saw the film, they immediately was telling – they immediately pulled, pulled, pulled out of the film and told them not to use – uh, not to have any of their brand in the film, so that was their, that was them getting back at Lucky Charms, Charms for doing that. Which I actually think was more clever. I feel like it did them a favor just for the simple fact of that line because saying your luck just yeah. ran out of, you just ran out of luck, versus fuck you, Lucky Charms. I just think that's so much better. And you know, just in case if you are into Lucky Charms, especially the marshmallows, if you go to Amazon. You could actually buy the Lucky Charms marshmallows by themselves, which yes, I never yeah. knew why I never put this together. But it's the Lucky Charms marshmallows is dehydrated marshmallows. Like, why does this ne- why did like that never make sense? You know, we said it was marshmallows. And it's if you ever had like astronaut food, like I remember one time buying astronaut dehydrated ice cream. It tastes like it tastes the same as the dehydrated marshmallows and Lucky Charms. Yeah. I love the astronaut ice cream. I but I don't know why I never put that together. You know, the Lucky Charms, they're, I said they're marshmallows, but I never, I just never clicked in that they were dehydrated marshmallows. I just kept saying, oh, they're marshmallows. And they, as you know, if you leave them in milk, they actually, you know, expand a little bit and like, like marshmallows, obviously not like big marshmallows, but they do expand. That's pretty, God, I feel like an idiot right now. Let's stop and just move on with the with the end of this before I keep thinking about <laughs> for how dumb I am. So, um, but he falls into the well, but as he's about as he's it falls into the well, he comes, his skeleton comes back, and you know, saying that he's you know he's not going to essentially you know go in peace, and then um, Nathan pushes Leprechaun back into the well, and then he ends up throwing a bunch of gasoline and blowing up the well, and then of course after it's over. You know, then the cops come and Tori's dad comes. Yep. And after the cops arrive the next morning, they, uh, uh, one officer looks in the well and he hears the voice of the leprechaun say, uh, I'll not rest till I have, till I have me gold curse this well that me soul shall dwell till I find me magic that breaks the spell. And which which that's a pretty good ending. I'm not gonna lie, like if you're talking about like oh there's potentially gonna be a sequel. I actually like that a lot. Like I number one, I just like the fact how he rhymes and it just I, it just has a very unique swagger to him, Leprechaun. It's great for the the direct to sci fi Leprechaun re- returns because you said they basically treated like you know the equivalent of like Halloween twenty eighteen. Yeah. It is fucking horrible for the second sequel because there is absolutely no connection between the first and the second one. Nope. None. Uh, so yeah, so that's the movie. And you know, like we said before, only four fucking kills in this movie. And you know, for them to want to redo this movie and make it R-rated and gory and stuff, it's – I don't understand – like how? Because the first kill, a woman gets pushed down the stairs, causing her to break her neck. Okay, that's that's nothing. The only good kill in this movie is the chest stomp uh, with the pogo stick. And that was the only, other, and you know, it, it had it, it had gore in it and stuff. Then you got the deputy, 
two gets clawed in the face and then his neck gets broke. Okay, that's nothing. And then uh, 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 Mr. Uh, Mr. O'Grady, uh, who later gets, you know, he dies from being mauled slash blood, blood loss after he, you know, gets thrown from the hospital, uh, down the, the elevator shaft thing. And, uh, you know, that's really nothing at all either. So it's like, why, where is the R-rated Corey kills that they, you know, supposedly reshot this movie for? And then, like, you know, just, yeah, those, I mean, just those four kills, those are, like, besides Mr. O'Grady, who was at the beginning of the movie, the other ones are side characters. I mean, very little runtime. I mean, we're talking about, like, minutes. Like, you know, a few minutes that the, the Mr. O'Grady's wife, the pawn shop owner, and the deputy are on camera before they die. This film has 91 minutes. Obviously, this is, you know, before as we're wrapping up, this is by far one of our shorter street, you know, sh- shortest reviews because there isn't a whole lot of action even in it, that's going on in this 90 minute movie. I mean, it's you really fly by it as very quickly because of how there's just a lack of of action and you know between the antagonist of Leprechaun versus the protagonist of Tori, Nathan, Ozzy, and Alex. And I that's why I asked a question about PG-13 and rated R, because the reason, the big thing people love about horror films, if you're a horror film buff, is like you really enjoy a good story, but you also enjoy really good kills. And so for me, with this and the fact there's a huge lack of kills, I wonder if it would have been better off having just a PG-13 rating where it could have potentially expanded its fan base. Excuse me, let me rephrase that. Not expand its fan base, expand, expand its potential viewership. Because now that it's PG-13, now you're opening up to those potential kids who are Friday, Saturday night, or middle school, early high school kids who are, you know, 13 through, you know, 16. They're like, I'm going to go to the movies. And it's like, you know, we really don't have a lot of options as far as seeing something that could be cool because you, you ain't going to watch, you can't watch a movie like Halloween or Friday 13th because you're not old enough. But you also don't want to see a movie like Little Mermaid or The Land Before Time because that's too kiddish. So I think, you know, this film potentially could have had a bigger audience by being PG-13 because if you were a horror film fan, you were going to watch it because of the story. But if you were a younger generation, potentially we're going to watch it because there was potentially nothing else that you were going to watch when it came out in January 1993. Especially during that, you know, as we know now, like after Christmas through May, there's not a whole lot of big movie releases that come out. Yeah. Uh, I'm still like trying to wrap my head around uh, why this is R rated, <laughs> but uh, it's because it's because we're broke, Kyle. It's like <laughs> we we are so we're like movies nowadays that like we we go back and do these dives into the older films, just like who is from the the national the major motion picture association of America that says the rated R film like this this thing wouldn't even like. We, this couldn't even pop like a you know a 1.0 on our horror Richter scale. Yes, yeah, I just don't understand because <laughs> like even for 1993, this is like still very, 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 very you know, it's 
see a sword. No, I mean, four. absolutely. No, I mean, it's it's very tame very because tame. if you look yeah. at, I mean, if you're looking at, we already had, this is, we already had at least five Halloweens. If I'm, I'm just going off the top of my head, probably six or seven, maybe, no, probably eight Brighton 13s. Child's Play 1, Child's Play 2, um, that had way more, you know, gore and better kills than Leprechaun. And those are all rated R. And I, I didn't even mention Friday the 13th. We probably, I think there was at least probably uh, five or six Friday the 13th by 1993. And like I said, I'm, I could be off by one or two sequels. But, I mean, right there, you're looking at you know, 15 films between 78 till, you know, 1993, which is approximately 15 years that had way more, uh, you know, gore and better kills than this film. I feel like they had to ask for rated R. Like, it gets to the point where you feel like they had to ask, like, could you just give us rated R because it's going to make us look better in the horror community if you give us rated R rating. It's just, it, it was just weird because, like, there's gore, but it's not, like, over the top. The The kills are very tame. There's no sex. There's no nudity. I, I don't understand. It's just, it's... All right, well, uh, anyway, so that's the movie. Uh, I guess we'll go ahead and get in our reviews, our final thoughts and review of it, our rating of it. Uh, go ahead. Uh, I guess. Uh, guess four leaf clovers. Yeah, four leaf clovers, of course. I'll let you start, Jr. I, I'm gonna give this because uh, we rate out of five. I'll give it a two and a half. I'm being very. I believe I'm being generous with that because the acting isn't that great with the exception of Warwick Davis as Leprechaun. You know, the storyline, it's okay. But the kills are not good. The It's very cheesy, very campy. You know, I believe there's better guilty pleasures than Leprechaun. Like I said, though, it's just the main character of Leprechaun. He's just so funny and witty where you feel like you just have to like him. I think it's, you know, I'm, I'm giving it a very average rating. Uh, the fact that it somehow spawned a whole film franchise is amazing to me um, because of how, you know, I would have just cut losses after this, but they're like, oh, you know, we made $8 million. Let's do a sequel. And it just, it doesn't make sense to me because I don't, it's got such horrible, re- I mean, this, this film got horrendous reviews. I don't, I didn't see very many high praise for this film from anybody. Um, so it's my two and a half out of five. It's very similar to IMDb that has four 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 point eight stars out of ten. I think that's you know, I think that's pretty good for what this film was able to provide. Yeah. Uh, same. Uh, I'm gonna go with you uh, now. I don't know. I'm I'm really conflicted here. Uh, I, yeah, I guess I'll, I'll go with two and a half as well. 
same with you as you did same reasons you do uh i mean honestly warwick davis is the only good thing about this movie i mean i i'd tell people probably just to watch this movie just to see his portrayal of leprechaun because it's 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 worth it to see it through that but like the acting besides him is fucking terrible uh and honestly it's like the script isn't bad but maybe it's just a director i i'm not sure uh but like it's a it it's a guilty pleasure film for me it's like one i revisit every year like i said just because of it being around st patrick's day and stuff but it, it is definitely like you know one of the worst horror franchises but I've seen worse. I've seen like way worse, but yeah, this is definitely not a good movie by any means. So yeah, I'm gonna say two and a half, like you did. Let me, you know, one of the things is we're saying that I I don't want I'm being given that rating because I don't want to oversell it. Being you know in the sense of like you really should watch this movie, but at the same time I want to undersell it because because Ward Davis does have a good character, and I will say this I'm gonna. I really don't like looking at reviews, but I want to look at these two reviews that, that shows the basic problem of it, of Leprechaun, as well as why you should watch Leprechaun. So this one is from Jason Bailey, who's, according to Rod Tomatoes, is the top critic from Flavor Wire. The basic problem with Leprechaun is that it just isn't scary, not even a little bit. Not for the tiniest second, and that result of a basic failure at the conception stage. Like, that's really the core part of the problem with Leprechaun and the entire franchise. It's, it's, but specifically, the first one is that it's just not scary. But I'm going to use another critic to show, like, why you probably should watch it. And that is, Ward Davis is slick as this monster Leprechaun with the pretty solid makeup effects. And I, I really don't think I could add more to that. I think that's perfect, you know, perfect thing. It's just, it isn't scary. Which is it's a failure of being a horror film, but at the same time, Warwick Davis is is a really great monster and has a solid makeup effects that makes him a great character, in my opinion. Yeah, the the, the like I said, besides the, the the portrayal of a leprechaun and like his little his funny funny one liners and just him being hilarious throughout before he kills people, uh. The look of the leprechaun, like the makeup effects and everything, is is amazing. Like I I, I didn't even uh, realize it, but uh, and you know, in, until after a few times of rewatching it. But if any of you listening are Harry Potter fans, Warwick Davis plays Professor Flitwick in the Harry Potter series, so I was like, wow, I didn't realize that was a leprechaun. But uh, it's I'd say at least watch it one time uh but you know and you know I, I know it seems like we're shitting on this movie a lot but like it's a, this is a guilty pleasure of mine I do watch it and I do find enjoyment out of it and even though I said it was a bad movie I'm not gonna you know shit on anyone who does like it and think it's good you know the as our friends dead in San Carlos say, we, we like what we like. So, you know, we're not going to judge you if you if you think it's a good movie or, or like it a lot more than we do. 
But uh, I mean, and I'll just let I'll just say let me just leave with with my final thoughts on this. Like, if if you like this movie, or I was putting I'll go a different way. I think you should watch this movie because I think Warwick Davis's character and the character portrayed commands it. I have seen far worse movies than this. Um, I think, especially when you look at the fact is, you know, you can go on Peacock right now for ten dollars for no ads or four or five or five or six dollars with ads to see all leprechauns. You're all you're going to give up is your time and a little bit of you know pennies on the dollar to see this film. It's not going to kill you, you know. As we're around, you know, St. Patrick's Day, um, you know, you're going to potentially see it if you're on sci-fi. You know, you're going to, I think you will see this and you're going to be like, God, that was stupid. But hey, you know, Leprechaun, you know, Warwick Davis did a great job at Leprechaun. And I don't think you can, you know, and there's nothing wrong with that. Um, like I said, I think the, unfortunately, the first one isn't scary, but, you know, he does have a, he's a good character. And I really do, I think that alone is worth seeing it at least, you know, once or twice. And like I said, if it is your guilty pleasure or if you, if you really think this is a great film, like I said, I've seen far worse. Like I'm not going to, this isn't a film I'm going to die on it die on the hill for saying like this is the worst thing that i've ever seen in my life like i i'll save that for something else and by that jr means halloween three season of the witch oh god that that's yeah (laughs) i please don't kyle i i hate you for doing it but i just saw fry rags drop their silver sham their silver shamrock merch for st patrick's day following three and i'm like Gotta yeah. hate you guys right now. Yeah, I've been I've been tagging you and all that. It's, <sighs> it's freaking horrible. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like they actually dropped the beer glass, and I was just like, "Fuck, I kind of want it because it looks badass." But I'm just like, "Fucking hate." Oh god, don't get me started. No, I'm, we're doing good on time. I don't want to ruin it. Like going to that diatribe about you know the the Celtic Irish witch te- technological cold of Halloween three. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's uh that wraps up uh our review on leprechaun uh so we're gonna go ahead and wrap the bow on this episode uh thanks everybody for listening and thank you all so much for for your support ever since we started we couldn't do this without you and we appreciate it and we're very glad that you continue to stick with us and we hope that you continue uh to stick with us in the future uh before we uh before we officially wrap this uh as we mentioned in the last episode we said we're going to start uh kind of mentioning one episode one one show from the uh, network each uh each episode to kind of help promote and anybody who's unfamiliar with them to kind of check out uh this this uh week i want to go with with reverie true crime podcast uh if you're a fan of true crime and stuff uh check out uh make sure to check out uh check out check out that show who is also part of the slashing cast podcast network uh he does an amazing job going through and telling everybody about each each case and everything about it and everything and uh i'm real big into true crime as well and uh I enjoy listening to true crime, uh, true crime pro- uh, podcasts, and uh, she's uh, a reverie. True crime is definitely one I uh, I listen to. Uh, it's on my daily, it's on my weekly rotation. But uh, make sure to check that out. And as always, our wonderful uh, editor Carmen Childers at CarmenChildersAVTech.com, who 
you know, w without him, I don't know if, if we'd be doing this. Uh, he's been a wonderful help, and he's helped us from day one with everything from making us sound good to the graphics and everything, and we just we appreciate him. Um, and as always, the Slash and Cast Podcast Network, uh, make sure you check all the shows out on that on there it's uh it, it recently changed now you can now go to is it slashingcast.network now jr yes that is correct and i'm actually on there right now looking up uh you know reverie true crime and they have some they have about eight two episodes and they have some good some good topics to cover definitely we'll definitely check out and do some deep dives in some of their older ones uh, that caught my eye but it's slash ncast.network and you will find all of our um sister podcast shows that's in the network on there yes and yeah just make sure you check all of them out they're all wonderful shows everybody does something different so there's a little bit of a little bit of everything for you anything from horror true crime to even wrestling yeah uh so uh thanks everybody for checking us out uh next week we will be reviewing April Fool's Day, and uh, I can't remember if if I've even seen the movie for the first time. It sounds familiar, and I've I've probably seen it, and I just don't recall it. So I'm excited to to sit down and pretty much watch this for maybe the first time, and uh, see how I feel about that one. I don't know about you, Jr. Since yeah, this. So I have a bad habit, and Kyle knows this, is, like, I always feel like I have to, when Kyle asks me, like, hey, what do you want to cover, there has to be some sort of tie-in to something, and I'm like, this is going to be really sharp for April Fool's Day. I know. Let's watch April Fool's Day. I have a bad feeling this is going to be, like, one of the worst shows we've ever do because... I I can't explain it. I haven't looked up reviews. I, I don't think I've seen anything on it. I know I know about it from because I remember seeing it growing up at the you know video stores, and like I said, with every single you know potential holiday, there's a horror film for this. I don't think I've ever not seen a. I mean, with the exception of probably Arbor Day, I don't think I've seen a horror film that doesn't have, um, I mean a holiday that doesn't have a horror film connect to it. I just got a feeling it's gonna be up there with like uncle sam and ice cream man or something like that like uh, it's just yeah uh well this, this is what we do what we do though you know we do this so you can have fun watching it at home if we we have great movies we love watching and you see it and you can you know revel with us with the movies we love but sometimes we have to get a nice little hunk of shit that we can all just laugh and cringe about together that just brings us because for every few, you know, award-winning shows, horror movies that we cover, there's always got to be that one that, that just kind of, you know, is at the bottom of the barrel that we have to scrape for and go over and, you know, and April Fool's is probably going to be one of them. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's going to be interesting. Uh I'll, uh, I'm looking forward to it though. It's always fun. I will say this: the ones that are the typically, you. I would say the ones that are like the worst movies 
are the ones we typically have the most fun with because sometimes when you have a chance to roast, you know, a person or a movie is when it's Black a lot Christmas of fun. Be- yes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's God. a perfect example. Just sometimes, you know, you get a, a bad one, you can just like cringe and just you get a chance to just let it out and just be like, fuck this movie. And so if that if April Fool's Day goes that way, it's gonna be a lot of fun. If we're pleasantly surprised for a minute, hey, it's gonna be great too, because we'll be like, hey, you know what? That wasn't a bad film. I actually enjoyed it. Yeah, I agree. Well, yeah, so, uh, yeah, everybody, uh, thanks for listening, uh, and make sure to check out everything everything we told you to, and tune into us uh, ne- next week for April Fool's Day. With that being said, it is time to uh, bid you adieu. Goodbye, good night, stay creepy, bang. <laughs> <laughs>